Chancers, a Go Loud original podcast. Oh, Anna, you're so funny. I haven't said anything. <laughs> you don't need to, hon. Haha, <laughs> you should be a stand-up, Paddy. I'd probably need a stool now, hon. These glance sticks can't handle that much crack. Do you like that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it makes sense, because this week we're talking all things the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I'm Paddy Smith and you're listening to Chancers. A podcast for those who feel like they're chancing their arms at life while others are laughing all the way to the bank. Each week we pick a topic for discussion and share our opinions, mishaps and misadventures, all while being hilarious ofs. Ofs. And after we talk nonsense, we'll be joined by an expert on the subject at hand to help us Chancers close the show. Stand up and stand out, my stun huns. This is Chancers. So, sure this one's all about you, Anna. How are you getting on? Tell oh us all. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. I'm at the fringe. It all merges into one. Like, you forget there's an outside world. I, I forgot about you, I'm sorry. Um, but no, it's good. Last night was, the, yesterday was a mental day. I had three gigs. I had an Irish gig at 1pm that was packed. Oh my God. Then I had my own show at nine and they were nice that was a full crowd they were a little bit quieter than some of my other crowds but they were definitely like paying attention i think it's just the heat of people were just like jesus like it's so warm yeah and i had a, a show at 20 past one um last night and that was called spank and that's an iconic show at the fringe so they like pack it out um you do 10 minutes it's absolutely nuts it was it sounds, it sounds sexual yeah so then at the end there's a part where someone has to get naked oh my god i bet you you'd love to do that the naked promo i probably would actually because it looked like good crap so you, you have to promote something so you get naked and you have a minute to promote um like a show or some people do it for charity or some people do yeah whatever you're trying to promote. oh my god it's like going on naked attraction you have to be the worst nightmare full nip full nip. Uh, no can't like when i think of nudist speeches and all like i just get the ick yeah oh fuck i love nudist. yeah i'm not i'm like I'm a bit prudish in that way. It's the way I've been brought up. Yeah. You know? Like, even if I have a boyfriend, like, I would kind of still be a bit like, give me my space. I'm like, ready. Holding your bits in. Like, yeah, do you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, we, need to ch- we need to work on that, Paddy. I know. I'm obviously, that tr- that chakra or chakra, whatever you call them. What's the your, your, sh- your chakras are blocked. <laughs> my naked chakra is blocked. They're blocked by clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. I'm so proud of you. And you're obviously, you're obviously, are you getting locked each night, or are you trying to? Be oh, like, last night, I did drink quite a bit because it was like a bucket of <laughs> backstage, and like it was such a mental crowd. And then the last, the last act was like this beatboxer comic, and he just turned it into a rave. So it was like really hard not to. That do sounds that. like my dream. That was a you know, I love a rave. Well, I, I booked. You'd be happy to know I booked your tick, um, my ticket to your show yesterday. Oh, great. Yeah, I hadn't actually booked it. I had flights to your Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but I realised I didn't have a ticket to your show. <laughs> you're lucky it wasn't sold out. And I got one to Underbelly as well. Um, that's a venue, but you don't know what show you're going to see, do you? You're just like... No, no, no. <laughs> I just thought Underbelly thought it looked cool, so... Well, I went to Brighton. Oh, I love Brighton. Yeah, I went to Brighton Gay Pride. It was stunning. Um, we went to see Christina Aguilera. She was playing at Brighton Pride. 
Oh my god. Yeah, Anna Henderson was playing, which love her as well. I remember she was from X Factor. Yeah. And then also went to Todrick Hall, who's like a really famous drag queen. But like Brighton as a whole, I lived there. Like fully oh, I would live in Brighton. Like I love the vibe, love the people. It was full of gays. Like the weather yeah. was stunning. Um there was like a big part like it was like a village party the next day and all businesses from like Brighton just like opened up for pride and there was DJs. It was like a massive festival on the streets. I just yeah. didn't want to leave. I know, it's the best place ever. Like it's the best place ever. I moved there in, in a heartbeat. And we had like an Airbnb in the centre of Brighton. I just, yeah, I want to go back. And it's only an hour from London. I know, it's perfect. My aunt, my auntie lives there. So whenever the Brighton Fringe is on, I always go and do the Brighton Fringe and then just like make use of their place. And then, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a day by myself there and I went to the beach. I know it's quite pebbly, but still it was nice. And then get, the pier is cool, isn't it? Yeah, really cool. Um, That's my life at the minute. Yeah. Did you get lucky? No, no. I was on Grinder for a bit, but like, I'm kind of in like self love me vibes. Like, I don't really care. Like, yeah. I just, I didn't like it's the effort. And yeah. like, if I'm saying grinders and efforts, I mean, that means I'm not really in the mood because you can guess your bit on grinders. You're saying grinders and effort at gay pride in Brighton. I know. <laughs> like, I could. But yeah. also, like, I don't know. Like, I think monkeypox is kind of scaring me. Like, okay. Like, underneath okay. it all. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's becoming quite a pandemic is and it? it's meant to be like and loads of gays are getting it do you know what I mean I don't want blisters on this money making face Jesus but no. like what? also I didn't really try I don't know what it is I just wasn't in the mood I'm and that sorry. was in the back of my head yeah getcha that's yeah. fine I can't wait to date people after the fringe I haven't <laughs> gone on a date in ages now yeah you haven't do you think you're ready now I think I'm ready now but I obviously don't have a second and <laughs> like I'm not gonna try and date someone yeah so that's my plans for September. Watch out. Yeah, well, like, but like getting <laughs> getting good dick and getting thing, you know, that can give you a stress relief. I know, just like I do. Remember yeah. that. Yeah, get some D when I'm up here, and it'll help me like get less nervous for my shows every night. <laughs> I'll be onto something little. little You'll be so free and fresh. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our topic of this week, which is of course the Edinburgh Fringe. We thought we'd talk about that because I am immersed in it right now. It is the 75th anniversary of the festival. Yeah, I didn't realise it was around for so long. I know, it's huge. Like, it is one of the, it's the world's largest arts festival. And, like, you'll see why when you get up here. It's just, like, I, I can't wait for you to come because it's incredible. Like, as a, as someone who's just coming to watch, like, you're just going to have so much fun. Like, as a performer, it is tough to be up here for the full month. But at the same time, so rewarding and good crack all the same. Like Edinburgh, such a stunning city. It's like looks like Hogwarts. There's just people everywhere. From there's shows on from eight a.m. to like three three a.m. Theater, comedy, dance, drag, street performers, beer yeah. girl, everywhere. Like, will I be able to get up? Will I go like full party day? Yeah, do oh for sure. You will not stand out around here. There's people dressed as all different things walking around, flying for their show. Freaks! Like, I love to stand out. Freaked. Yeah, so we're gonna have to really try. No, uh, yeah. You know what? You should get like, a kilt. The fucking um, the Scottish shops are unreal. I love all their like tart and stuff. So I could see you getting a kilt. Oh my god, I would love a kilt on him. Remember we talked about this before? Yeah. Like maybe for when I was gonna do that um VIP outfit, I was thinking of a kilt. I'd yeah. love a kilt. 
<laughs> and I bought a Burberry shirt. Imagine like clashing paths. I think that would be unreal. Oh my god, no, that's my outfit. Let's see that Don't when you out. and we'll get a clip and we'll show everyone. Oh my god, yeah, I got the legs out for the lads once. Yeah. Oh. You know, I was surprised that when I was doing some research on this, it's around since nineteen forty seven. I know, God, that sounds like years ago, doesn't it? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Sorry, like I didn't even know people were funny back in nineteen forty seven. <laughs> people have been funny since the the, the start of time yeah but like proper funny like not Charlie Chaplin funny like I've watched a few of the things and like it's fantastic yeah. right but like not that gas like yeah but no yeah. because humour changes like back then they didn't have that's all they had and he, they, they thought he was hilarious I know I know I'm doing a sweeping brush but come on I'm kind of in an opinionated sassy mood today but that's the thing this is like the thing about being up here right because you have like so many different things and like I mean there's so many people in the world like we all don't have the same humor so I've had like like what, what am I on I'm like what's my 11th is it my 11th day or my 11th show maybe and out of like the 11 I've had some really fun audiences and I had one audience just staring at me like what are you on about <laughs> oh my god really like I'm so terrified yeah that no, was it was kind of funny because they were just not giving me an inch and uh and I had to talk to them for a whole hour and um and I was just like, Grant, like you, you feel like crap the next day, but you're just like, well, like I have to weigh that up against the good ones. And if yeah. for them, that's fine. I don't want them to ever come to a show of mine again. <laughs> you know, like everyone has different comedic styles. Like, it must be like kind of like hurt your soul a bit. Oh God, it's soul destroying. And then you go do another show and you smash it. So you're like, well, I don't know. You, it you is know? mad that like this was like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was created in the wake of the Second World War. That's yeah, bizarre, isn't it? that's like it was that, an initiative. It was an initiative created to, to celebrate give people some fun. Yeah, that kind of I like lots of stuff happens like that. Like is birthed out of like a really hard time, and then you need to, you know, do something. But that's like that was it was started by a small group of theatre folk, um, and that's like theater that was, folk. Yeah, back in nineteen forty seven after the World War to celebrate arts. But like this is a thing that the I think some times this festival because it's so big now it gets stick. Because yeah. it's meant to be like kind of like this really like artsy kind of anyone can put on a show anywhere and and it shouldn't cost too much money and now it's turned into like a massive thing where like I'm spending thousands of pounds to be up here. Yeah, like I didn't, I, I like didn't realize that some people like actual proper celebrities came to fame here. Oh yeah, this is where people get their breaks, pads. That's why you do it, like Alan Rickman. I know, I love Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, um, like. He got his like break. A Harry Potter actor, like what? Yeah, I didn't even know he was a comedian. No, he's not. No, that's in a play. You didn't read your. You didn't read your research properly. No, I know, but like, oh, so they, so they <laughs> always. I always thought it was just focused on comedians. I yeah, didn't realize theater, dance, oh, comedy, okay. music, drag, ballet, like this, anything. Okay. Arts. So Alan Rickman came to fame from after being in a play up here, um, like Rowan Atkinson as well. He came to fame after be putting on a, a theatre show as well. But I love some of these, like you, like you've put down here, like Noel Fielding. Who was it? Yeah. Miranda Hart. She had like, she had five false starts before finding her success. No, there you go. I, while you're up here, like it's so funny because it's so you're like just such an, a bubble, and you're trying to sell your show every day, and you're and you get so you get such high off hearing people having really bad shows. <laughs> well, Russell Brand apparently threw a mic stand at at a, at a at a crowd that wasn't being responsive to him. Yeah, one of his first shows. I did another. I did a late night show the other night, um, 
it was called late in life and while well, one of the comedians like just before i was going up you know they're like quite rowdy and then someone just goes when does the comedy start stop it love their set no they did not anna yeah they people love doing that crap oh my god like heckling i'd fully run off the stage in tears i know i'd be like (laughs) (laughs) like thank god they didn't do it when i was up there but it's a classic line so yeah things can get a bit mental yeah so so hold on so if you do make it here it's proper like people like there's agents and all here oh yes very industry like oh, this is another type thing like I, you go to like there's some industry bars you go to afterwards to have a pint but like sometimes okay. they're crying they feel icky do you know i don't really like the the industry chat well you kind of have to smooth and do your bits do you know what yeah, i mean i'm so bad at schmoozing yeah i didn't really know i'm not i'm like is it kind of set up like a festival like give me a sense of what it's like is there tents different kind of tents is there like different kind of drinks bars is there like What's the kind of vibe? Comedy stages, drama stages, like, do you go in? It's like, like so it, you can put, anyone can put on a show and you can put it on anywhere. So there's shows on in corners of the pub. There's shows on in, like, people's gardens. Um, I went to a show in an allotment once while, like, when I was here. Okay. There is pop-up tents everywhere, like beer gardens. Yeah, you're going to, you're like, I, I can already see you're just going to spend your whole time in some of these beer gardens. They're unreal. <laughs> I'll literally not go to any show. They're like, yeah. <laughs> No, I'll obviously definitely go to yours 100%. But like, what's the stage, what's the stage that you want to get on? Is there a stage that like, it's like, that's the holy grail? You, how, you so this is my third year being up here. And the first year I, I did a split half an hour sh- show. So I shared a, a, a room in a pub with our expert, who's going to be on later, Brian. And we mm. did half an hour each. And that was nice. And that was in the free fringe. So I didn't pay for that venue, but I couldn't charge people in, but you could do a bucket at the end. So people could throw money into a bucket. Oh, cool. Like a math. Yeah, it's like pay what you want or pay what you thought it was good. And yeah. um, then the second year I came up, I did 45 minutes on my own in another smaller venue. And then this year I've got into one of the big, like there's one of the bigger venues called the Gilded Balloon, which is like a prestigious venue up here. Okay, um, so like you're, you're coming up in the ranks. In Russell Brand, that's where he made his Edinburgh debut at the Gilded Balloon. So I'm making my first hour debut at the Gilded Balloon this year. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, so it's good, but it's costing me more money to be in that venue but it is uh, i love it I'm, I'm having a really good time in that room the room's lovely my tech okay so if you're a performer there you are paying to be there oh god yeah yeah okay god yeah i'm in the sweat box of a student room right now it's cost me two grand for the month uh my room yeah my ro- rental of my room is costing me a couple of grand so say if you were like an up-and-coming performer and you like you wanted this you'd have to like save a lot of money to put it in to this yeah yeah Oh yeah, there's different ways to do it. Yeah, but like the way I'm doing it, but my venue is paid for. So yeah, I had to save to because I wanted to do this, you know, because it is like a showcase. So I'm not making and money. You're, you're, you're showcasing your show. I see deadly people, right? See deadly people. Yeah. Okay. Creepy. And what's been your best show so far? Um. Ooh, my Wednesday night show. I think was that. Yeah, because last night was Thursday. Oh, they were so fun from the get-go. They were just like with me and they were laughing at everything. And you both get such a like, as you love to say, dopamine hit. It is, yeah. I love a dopamine hit. That's the thing. <laughs> like yes. And what was your worst show? The worst one was Sunday. That was when they were all with me. Like, and I thought that like like I thought people were gonna walk out because they were looking at me so hostile. Oh, no. 
they looked like they were so uncomfortable on their seats I was like god like I was like I wouldn't even care because like if he's not enjoying it just leave like it'd be better for everyone um and there was a group of teenagers at the back just staring at me and uh and I was like what the hell is going on over there and then they left me that was that group of teenagers were some like theater group and they left me a really good review and I was like they're like love oh my god and I was you like, you well, never know, don't you? You kind of, you kind of feed off the audience because I'm getting a sense because me and Anna are going to be on um the Ah Here Now stage oh, at yeah. Electric Picnic together, so yeah. it'll be my first time on a stage feeding off a live audience, which I'm terrified of. For so yeah, I'm gonna get all the all the. Paddy, you're gonna smash it. You're gonna love it. Like that's kind of nice. Like. And we'll we'll have good crack in that one because we can chat to people and we'll be chatting to each other and you know I mean yeah. It's a bit different than just stand up trying to like literally just trying to make people laugh. And that's oh my god! It's I don't know how you do it. Now I will say I've looked up a bit in this, and apparently they're getting a bit bad press for disabled access. Would you I agree? You when um when I when I've been walking around because yeah, God, like it's not it's not a good city for um, people with disabilities. I don't think first it's of all, not. so it's really hard to walk anyway around. It's cobble streets. It's hilly. We were talking before in our uh, um, accessibility pod, like it's, yeah, it's it's old buildings. It's, you okay. know. Okay. So if you were to go there and you were disabled, say like a disabled comic, would yeah. they find it difficult? What do you think? Well, they just have to get their, yeah, they just have to get their venue to be made, make sure it's like accessible for them, do you know? Mm. People will do, obviously will do for sure. But yeah, like, like with anything, it's just a bit more thought behind it, isn't it? I know. Yeah, so you're just saying, as a whole, Edinburgh isn't great for that. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. And how many more shows do you have to do? Um, I think I'm like, I have this like, this calendar behind me, like where I'm crossing stuff off, like I'm in a prison. Um, <laughs> one, two, oh my God, Anna, and you also have to let people know you're on fucking free gaff. Hello. I have 17 more show of my own shows and I'm doing other people's gigs. I think I have about like 35 more gigs to do. 35 more gigs when I get thick. Sorry, <laughs> I'm jumping from topic to topic here, but... Um, um, on Free Gaff, did you, like, did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet now, but... Sketch show and RTE player, yeah. I haven't watched it because I can't get the player in, in Scotland. I know, but you're the first episode. Am I? Yeah. Jeez, first ep, hello. I know, hello, hon. Yeah. I know because um, our friend told me, Christine, she watched it. <laughs> she loved it. My dad said I made good faces as a cave woman, so um, if my dad's happy, I'm happy. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's really good. With Darren and Joe, who everyone will know, they're part of Go Loud as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're fab. They're gas. They're fab. Yeah, they're fab. It was, like, um, such a good crew. to Like, that was such a fun set to work on. Like, every single member of the crew were so sound, and everyone was just lovely. Um, so that makes such a difference. Oh my god, Anna, I'm also screaming, right? Remember I tried out for that TV show, The Dry? Oh, yeah, 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 you did it. We did it. I watched the show, I watched the episode that I was meant to be in. Yeah. And like, I don't know if they have a picture of me that's completely off because the guy that they, the guy that they like put forward for like the actual put in the, that they cast it was like a middle aged man with a pint of Guinness. Like, as if I could sit there, they'd be like, sorry. So Paddy auditioned for, uh, and I helped him for, yeah, pardon. <laughs> but this is the thing of casting sometimes, Paddy. When they first start off, sometimes they do go so, I uh, do do it. It's just so bizarre to me. I just, I took a picture of the lad and wanted to, I forgot to send it to you. And you're like, and I was like, you must be busy, like, you'll be busy. Spitting. But yeah, I watched it yesterday and I started screaming because remember it was my first self-tape when we were screaming laughing. 
Like, I find self-taping so bizarre, but anyway. Maybe I'm just kind of talented actor. Get more used to it. The more you do it. Right, like- well, we go to our expert, because I want to hear what Brian has to say. Tell us about Brian and, like, why he's coming on as our expert. Um, and he's done this for years, hasn't he? Yeah, Brian. So Brian, like I said, he's an Irish comic. He's been coming up for years. Um, he's a good friend of mine. And he is, I feel like he's, like, nailed the fringe. Like, he always get, fills his room. He always, like, does really well. Um, so I want to get a few tips off him because I, I, the one thing I'm really bad at is like flyering for my own show and like, and s- selling myself. S- self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> she hates us. I hate it. What was that thing you did before? And they were like, be able to, what, what is it about you that will sell? You're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. Like don't bother coming. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh, you're so. All right. Will we get into our expert? We'll get him on. Right, and now we're on to our expert of the week, which is, of course, this week, the incredible comedian, Brian Gallagher. How are you doing, Brian? Hey. Great to be here. Hey. How's Anna? How's Paddy? Good to see you. <laughs> Great to see you as well. He's actually, he was in our promo video, weren't you? I was the very um, elegant security man running up the stairs. I mean, you, you ran it better than I did. You ran it better than I did. And that's all that matters. <laughs> you, you made quite the job of it, though. You're like you're flailing arms and excited no, faces. Uh, like, I hate attention. I hate attention. I, I, I'm a wallflower. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I said to background, myself, background background Brian's the star. <laughs> Everyone's putting 110% into it. It's incredible if you watch everyone individually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we share this. But Brian, how are you getting on at the Fringe this week? I'm good. I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Yeah. Um, as, as you know, Anna, Fringe is very tiring. Um, I was gigging late last night. I had a late, late Irish show that I was hosting, which is fantastic fun. Um, so I'm a bit tired today, but it's good. It's going well. My own solo show is going well. And uh, it's just, it's intense, but it's great. I wouldn't be anywhere else this time of year, to be honest. So a few questions I'd like to ask you as like a virgin to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And like, I'm terrified of being a comedian or a stand-up. Not that I'm even funny, but if I was funny, I'd be terrified. So, like, I didn't realise you have to fund yourself. So do you fund yourself every year now and you have to put money aside for that? Or how does that work? So if I was a comedian and I wanted to, like, go there and do my first gig, what would you recommend? If if you're going for the very first time, you have options to do things like the free fringe, which means you can just register with an organization that has a lot of different free venues and different bars across the city. And, and you minimize your expenditure then down to just your accommodation and your flights and stuff like that. Um, And that's just to get your foot into the Edinburgh fringe, just to try it out, see how it goes for the first time. And then obviously as you progress, you do things like uh, you join a paid organization where you register with them. You got to pay for that. So you have to budget for, I suppose, how much it's going to cost you for your living expenses, your flights, your accommodation, your registration. Some people pay for public relations help. Um, yeah. or for marketing what, would av- what would an average cost be now? Like average, like would that be fifteen thousand? Would it be ten? Would be- you could you could literally be talking anywhere from four thousand to fifteen thousand. I would imagine yeah. at the top end of it. That's okay. that's kind of what you're looking. For. Yeah. Now it's up to each individual artist what way they want to do it. I mean, a lot of very very good comics in in the UK will do the free fringe because they have the following already that these people will show up to every show so they don't need to spend money on getting people in the door so okay the the, maybe the lesser known you are sometimes the more you have to spend um but the bigger bigger famous acts they will spend the money knowing 
full well they're going to make that money back a lot of them you know yeah. so it's, it's a gamble anyway no matter what way you do it so it's uh yeah. it's a case of just budgeting putting your money aside um and then <laughs> lighting a candle saying a prayer hope to god yeah. you, you know <laughs> i'll have a manifestation under my pillow i have a manifestation <laughs> pillow brand yeah i i have to I, there's so many manifestations in it i don't know if it's a pillow anymore or just a paper yeah. I, I'd be afraid if I put a manifestation under my pillow like I want a full room tomorrow that I'd wake up with like I know 45 Scottish people in my bedroom or something you know? oh god yeah things always go wrong for me so if I try to manifest that I think it would end up being, being slightly different than I'm expecting you know but this is why I wanted to get you on Brian because you've been gone how, how many years now four years in a row four yeah first fringe with you Anna Clifford if you recall yeah we did first fringe together um, and then ever since you've been selling out your own room for the past yeah. few years selling it yeah it's been good yeah so you have like what's your flyering technique so like you have to be on this for people who don't know you have to be out there for a couple of hours every day with your flyers trying to get people in the door and this is yeah. something i've always struggled at but like what's your technique how do you do it uh i just stand there and let um old ladies touch my beard that's kind of part of it <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say something else i was like <laughs> <laughs> no, no no literally if you have to looking for anything the beard is the best to go it's um it's it's hard and nobody really likes flyering right but you have to be out there sometimes and just i guess put your name out there meet people on the street if you can make somebody laugh on the street in a small interaction, the chances of them coming back to your show are much stronger as opposed to a lot of the UK comics will hire big flyering teams or the bigger organisations will have flyering teams. And sometimes they can be a bit impersonal or they can be a bit heavy salesy, like UK guys yeah. especially. They're like, come on my show, I'm going to go show, see a show, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's amazing, I've seen it. And you're like, all right, yeah, yeah. Take it. I feel like it could be harder for women to do that. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because yeah. I mean, now I get, like, I got laser on my beard, so I can't <laughs> have that. <laughs> No, well, I think I know that this might be like a sweeping statement on my head, like, but I think when you're when you're an attractive woman, other people look at you like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're like, yeah, if you're like, I don't know, Patty, I don't know. There's there's uh, there's a very attractive uh, Brazilian girl um, flying in my venue. There are queues of guys every day going, can I have your flyer? Fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm thinking from a girl's perspective, but it could be wrong. I just think for women, it's harder maybe to. Do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I take the point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think it's, it's, it, you inhabit a character when you're doing it. So, like, I, I'm, I can be sometimes a little bit shy uh, in company and stuff like that. So for me, it's like I just gotta go. Okay, I'm in a character, and you're like, not everybody's gonna take a flyer. You have to be getting used to rejection. Yeah, you're, you're Queen B. That's your new character, <laughs> Queen B. Queen B is out to play. Have you ever had clients when you're getting along so well with them, and then they come to your show and they just stare at you like? I'm not enjoying this. Oh, okay, I'll tell the truth. Okay, once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. I think they've thought, you know, oh, he's a lovely Irish boy. I'm, sorry. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I told you I was good. And you're like, hey, <laughs> Once or twice I've had people, especially uh, like the odd older couple who just thought I was lovely, a lovely boy, a lovely Irish boy on the street. And then they come to the show and they're like, no, this is not, this is not what we wanted to hear. This is, <laughs> this is not what we're paid. No, no. And they, their face is just blank. And you just have to, uh, well, you'll notice, Anna, the only people you see in a room, no matter how full it is, the only people you see are the people not enjoying a show. So uh, that's hard. Really? Especially. Is that a thing? You don't yeah, see that's, Yeah. You'll see the one person. Yeah, you that, like one person. Yeah. Just going. Like, the whole room could be wetting themselves, Paddy. And the only person you see, is the person who hates you. It's just, yeah. I don't know, yeah, it's very hard to uh, get it's out of that. It's human nature, isn't it? We just always yeah. look at the negative of things. It's like looking at negative comments on Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just yeah. glide by the good ones and you're like, oh, this guy hates me. Oh, dear. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell me, like, what, how do you, like, get over the fear of, like, having a bad, like, say if you had a bad show, and obviously that's really probably hard for the confidence. Like, what, what are the techniques that you do to try and get over that or help it not seep in to your psyche? I think, well, for me, over the years, I've learned that you're going to have a bad show every now and then it's going to happen, all right? And it could be no rhyme or reason for it. For me, it's a case of I get annoyed about it, uh, I get angry, I give out about it, and I try to condense that into one hour after the show. So for me, it's like once I, once I have an hour, an hour gone after a bad show, I'm like, okay, that's it. That show is done now. Off you go. It's a new day, you know, because if you let it seep into your psyche or you're going to bed annoyed about a show, then that seeps into the next day and your mood is down. And then you're in this kind of spiraling cycle where you could have another bad show just because you keep thinking about the last bad show, you know. So you're always going to feel bad. You're always going to be hard on yourself after a bad show. Uh, so just yeah. try, to, I try to condense that into a one hour window where I'm like, OK, I'll be annoyed at myself, the world, the audience, everything for one hour. And then I'm like, OK, new day, new dawn, move on. Let's do this. Mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, focusing on there. Oh, I'm going to try that. I definitely let it drag. <laughs> I'll just do one quick error of self-hatred and then I'll move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know, being Irish, a bit of self-hatred is, is kind of, can be a bit of fun at times too, you know? Yeah, we love self-hatred. Take yeah. the piss yourself as well. Like you yeah. could even do like the next show, well, Jesus, the last show was a bomb. Let's hope this one's better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's you're not like, it can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy, but you know, what can you do? You just, you have to, you have to keep going. Do you know what I mean? You have to keep going. Like, and we're, we're up here for the whole month, and like, you do kind of like, you forget what day it is, but what do you find like the hardest thing about be, being up here for the month? The hardest thing is probably that you're away from home. Uh, you're away from yeah. your familiarity, you're away from your friends and loved ones. And uh, first few days, you're like, oh, God, you know, it's exciting. You're somewhere new again. You're back in Edinburgh. There's a real buzz of a festival. And then as you settle into like a normality, you're like, you're, you're going to bed. You're having your food. You're in a routine. And when you start to get uh, get into a routine over here, I think it kind of almost hammers home the fact that you're not in your normal routine back in Ireland. Uh, you're you're yeah. now somewhere somewhere. You kind of feel like you're almost you're almost you've almost changed your entire life because it's so repetitive every day doing the same things, the same shows. You tend mm. to start eating in the same places just because it makes life easier. And your whole day is consumed with fringe. And you almost feel like, geez, I've literally just abandoned my life and I've completely moved to a different planet. And like, am I ever going to get home? You know, how long is this, thing <laughs> ever going to, is this ever going to end? You know, and that's kind of, when that happens, it can get a bit, I, I suppose you have to watch your mood a little bit over here because, you know, you tend to drink a bit more too when you're, when you're, when you're around gigs a lot. Um, you might have a odd point. And then if you're doing that every couple of days, um, that can affect your mood, you know, and if that affects your mood, yeah. then that amplifies your, your 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 loneliness away from home or whatever. So you just have to mind yourself, really. I guess be active and try and focus on the show. When you, I, when people text me like outside of the fringe, I'm like, "Hello, who is like what?" There's a word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, well, you're bad at content anyway, Anna. I know. I hate. Like, I honestly, I'm so bad at getting back to people or getting in touch with people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember I was having lunch with you the other day, Anna, and your phone kept ringing, and you kept going, "Oh, Paddy," and you just kept silencing it. I, I, knew it. I, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I thought I it was this. <laughs> well, I'm going to Edinburgh for the first time to see Anna. Well, I'm not going to be fucking seeing her anymore after that comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but come to my show, Paddy. Come to my show. It's I will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Um, but now, Anna's told me that you sell you you sell out all the time now. So, what do you think? How have you unlocked that? What do you think your special 
like technique has been to be able to get to that point and do you feel that Edinburgh has kind of opened up different doors for you? Yeah it has I guess opened up doors in terms of meeting and networking with other other comedians and promoters across the UK and stuff like that so I guess Ireland is a small market so if you're dipping your toe in over here and you're meeting more people it opens doors to a, a bigger circuit in the UK and maybe some more opportunities or you meet producers who maybe want to talk to you about some ideas uh, down the road that kind of stuff not everything comes to fruition obviously you know because a lot of it is talk over here but um, in terms of selling out the room uh, it's, uh, I guess for me it's I do social media ads nothing crazy just to have my image out there coming up for people who are travelling in Edinburgh not for locals so it just shows up for people who are travelling here uh, which is great if you're trying to get if you're trying to get some Irish audience to come to a show because tend to support our own a good bit which is nice and yeah. then I have posters I put posters up around the city um, in, in kind of good areas thoroughfares where people are going to see them and then flyering I flyer uh, my own show and I also hire a flyer as well for different hours throughout the day so the conventional wisdom has always been and Anna you'll know we hear this all the time uh, you flyer an hour before you show and you get people to come and past uh, and they might go oh they might be looking for a show they might go this looks great we'll go to that show and that kind of tops up your pre-sales so you'd always sell some tickets in advance you top up your room maybe with walk-ins if you're not sold out so I don't believe that I think you should be flyering in three different hourly blocks throughout the day okay. uh, chatting to people getting to know people and if they're Later in the day, if they're thinking about something, they pull out your flyer and they remember you made them laugh in the street or you had a bit of crack with them uh, or your flyer had, had a good bit of crack with them and sold your show. Well, then they'll go, do you know what? We'll go to that. Maybe they saw your it's social media. Be ads. sound, then. Well, sound. Be sound. Just be sound. Yeah. Be, and, and, go to the people. Be yeah. one of the people. Like fucking yeah. Princess Diana, always with the so, people. Yeah, similar. I even hold a little you know, candle. Is that what you feel like when you go down? You're like, I'm with <laughs> yeah, the comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wear my best dress. I get out there. <laughs> I give it, you know. And Princess I mean, Di and me. <laughs> you also have to be funny. Like, people forget that, too. You hear a lot of people yeah, talking no, about well, friends, yeah. you know, and talking about the tactics <laughs> and the business of it. But you have to be funny. And every year I'll have people coming back who've seen me the previous year. All right, like even this fringe is only what five or six days in, and I've had um, a couple of people come back to the show and bring their friends and come back and bring their parents and that kind of stuff. So if you um yeah, if you get your tactics of your your advertising and marketing tactics right, and then you're nice to people and you're funny, then all that combined kind of it all rolls forward year after year and you end up it gets easier and easier to sell out your room, you know. I mean, it seems so simple. So yeah. simple. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. You know, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes you see an, a big, big comics who, who are like, they're not selling their tickets. And it's like, there's no reason for it. But it's, it's very competitive yeah. over here. There's thousands of shows. Like, you can see shows over here yeah. at 9 in the morning until 5 a.m. It's crazy. There's a guy upstairs in my room, in my, my building, and he has a 150-seater, and he's been getting 10 people every day, max. Oof. Ouch. Oh, God. Like, that's like, not good for your self-esteem. That's yeah, really I don't want to say it, I couldn't. My, yeah. my self-esteem my self of neediness knows no bounds. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I literally, I'd, be, I'd need to go to counselling, <laughs> thinking that people hate me. Black audiences, you just have to power through, but that's the reality of it. You just don't know what you're going to get sometimes yeah. as well. You don't know. But do you think, Brian, do you think so? Do you think being up here for the month, like, makes you a better comic? Like, do you come home being feeling like... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You can. I mean, if you if you come over here to the fringe and you get worse, uh, or you stay the same, <laughs> I mean, I mean, geez, give up, give up, please. Take up golf or something. This is not for you. You know, um, it's not for you. It, you do get better. You can't not get better, but you don't really notice it until you get home, I guess, because you're 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 gigging your own show every day. You're doing spots yeah. on other shows every day, so you could be doing four or five shows a day. Technically, you get back to Ireland after doing that for a month, and your razor sharp. 
but you don't notice it until you step on a stage in Ireland and you see comics or promoters mm. who, are, who haven't come over. They're looking at you going, Jesus, how, what, how, this guy is really on fire, you know? And yeah. every act that comes over here and goes back is on fire for September. But we're comedians. We forget that we're good then. And then we, we, we kind of lose we, we lose a bit of that, that, uh, that spark until uh, we get back to Edinburgh again every year, you know? They come down yeah. when you come to Edinburgh. Yeah. You, you, you've got loads of gigs booked in, in Dublin in September, don't you? I have, yeah. I have. I know I have. I can't think of half of them, but I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the International. Um, I'm in the Laughter Lounge. I'm in, I think I'm in Cork as well. I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place. They'll be on my Instagram for us to the time anyway, yeah. but I, I've got stuff booked in, so I'm not going to be panicking when I get back. So I'm looking forward to doing gigs when I get back, actually. What is your show like? like do you interact with people? Do you slag people? Like, what, what would be your kind of forte? My, I guess, my, my, Patty, my style would be Irish storytelling stand up. So I'm a storyteller. Um, I guess in the vein of Tommy Tiernan, if you know what I mean, that kind of story. Yeah. Time, but but not, yeah, I'm not comparing myself directly to Tommy Tiernan. That would be insanity. But, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just storytelling stand up. So I construct an entire show based like on a theme, and I'll have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a story arc, and it will just basically uh, all tie okay. up at the end. And as gags and jokes and one liners, and I'll occasionally do some uh, interaction with the audience if. Um, if a piece warrants it or if somebody in the audience um, mm. matches something I'm talking about, I'll go like you, sir, and I'll reference the person who said something or, or whatever, you know. So okay, yeah, you yeah, I have a bit of everything. Yeah. How did you deal with hecklers? Did you ever guess hecklers? Oh, I had the worst heckler ever the other day. It was actually... Tell us. That's what we love to see. That's what we love to hear. Tell us. <laughs> you want the pain. You want the torture, You want buddy. the pain. I want the torture. <laughs> Your eyes literally lit up there. You were like, oh, my God, Brian's suffering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this this woman was in the audience. She was maybe fifty, late fifties, uh, with her friend, and it was a packed room, full room, and the kind of person who answers rhetorical questions. Like comedians often say things like, "Do you know the way you get a taxi or whatever?" And they don't actually want you to answer that, right? So this woman was like, uh, "I can't remember the line. Let's make it up. Let's say I said something like, oh, do you know the way you eat sandwiches?'" And she was like, "I love sandwiches. Uh, chicken and stuffing are my favorite." This kind of like, "Oh Jesus!" So I was like, "Okay, very, very good, very good, yeah." And then she just kept answering anything if i said I was, I was talking about new zealand she was like i was in new zealand it's really lovely and then the audience started turning on her going will you shut up he's you're ruining his show you know and then she was like i'm not i'm just he said because and then she started explaining why she was talking oh, no. and I, I i was standing there going right okay yeah very good and i literally just put the mic to one side and the audience were laughing at me because i was just looking at her going yeah keep going yeah sure you'll get a few minutes anyway very good keep going and then she just kept talking so I started feeding the mic through my hand and dropping the mic slowly on a mic cable like like a fishing line onto the stage and I let the cable drop very slowly and I walked backwards to the door to backstage and I just went I went backstage and then all the audience were like yeah come back come back and I was like oh, I'm only coming back that's so good how you dealt with it though I had no other choice I mean you can't I mean, she was actually a very lovely lady she just had no self-awareness I mean you can't what is how you you can't attack and throw out an old lady you know what I mean because yeah, she likes no, chatting no. you know no, God, so if it was somebody who was angry you could throw them out no problem like, or get them thrown out by security but I mean how do you what kind of comedian gets an old lady removed because she likes just likes talking no. especially that's your forte <laughs> old old Irish women love you but yeah they, they do like me ripe. they do that's like to be honest, I can't wait to be. I can't wait. That's not my audience. That's never. I can't wait to be old because when I'm old, I'm going to be a real player. Um, because all the other old ladies will be old. So finally, I'll I'll age into, uh, being an attractive uh, attractive older man. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Before we go, um, me and Paddy are doing the podcast date EP, and Paddy's nervous about about being his first live gig. Do you have any tips for him? Yeah, like uh, 
Anna's seasoned, just before you go on, Anna's a seasoned comedian, like on stage. I'm going to be like Earthworm Jim beside her, bouncing about. Like, you really love it. Like you thrive off. You know what I mean? Like, well, Paddy, I didn't yeah. know you were that nervous. Now I'm going to go and watch. Oh, I can't wait. That's oh my good. god! Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. You're, you're going to have to be you. <laughs> you're gonna be chicken and stuff and sandwiches. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> tips for people that are like, say, if they want to get on stage but they're nervous, what tips would you give? What tips are you going to give me? Uh, gen- like genuine thing that I do, I just try and like stretch a little bit. Uh, it takes tension out of the body before you go on. Deep breathing a few minutes before you go on, and like literally just focus and telling yourself you know you can do this like you can what's the worst that can happen nothing Does imagine I mean, even, people naked work. no I don't tend to do that I, then I would get very distracted and I wouldn't even start my show I'd be like oh yeah. no look at you yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'm worried about is that no one's going to show to the actual stage <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to be there on our own with like two people my brother and Anna's dad like, like hey <laughs> Which is possibly the most supportive audience you could ever have. I mean, yeah, you know, I know. You're, you're definitely going to get an audience, but there's this, Anna, you'll notice there's this weird moment in, in stand-up when if a gig is not going well or people aren't showing up or you're not sure if it's going to sell, there's a split moment where you're like, you decide this is not going to work out. So you're like, great, great. I don't want anyone. Brilliant. No show. Fantastic. You almost convince yourself this is great. There's yeah. no one here. And then like nine people will walk in and they'll be like, God damn it. I know if there's yeah. nine people, you know? So it's either you want a full room or you want an empty room, but you don't want it in between, generally speaking. Paddy, like deep breathing, you're into manifestations. If you visualize yourself having a great show and just uh, yeah. think for a second, how lucky am I to be here? Then, you know. Exactly. Absolutely. I know. It's your self-tabateur just coming in. Do you know what I mean? I haven't done it before. Yeah. And you've got Anna with you, which, you know, why it may be a hindrance, um, at least it's company, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. If you want to tell people about your show, where they can find you. Yeah, my show is called Another Funny Irishman, blah, blah, diddly, diddle, dee. And it is on in in the Beehive at 10.45 p.m. uh, for the full run. So people can find me on the Fringe website if they want to buy tickets for that. uh, Or follow my Instagram if you're not over here, uh, at Brian Galahad. I post a lot of stuff and stories about wandering around Edinburgh and how the shows are going and stuff on that. So, yeah, that'd be great. And thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. It's been fun. Take a chance, take a chance, take a, take a chance, chance. It's time for our chance of the week. Um, okay, so well, I'll go first. Well, you go first, yeah. Um, so my chance, well, I have two chances of the week. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a pair. Uh, Lewis Capaldi and Niall Horan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did everyone see them? The first of all in Grafton Street and second of all in Mullingar, right? So they are like best pals. And I did like, so the, did you know that they're best pals? Did you? Um, did I, I knew that, yeah. I've seen a video of them before. They're yeah. Boys, I've got through good authority, uh, because now I work for the Beep, that they're <laughs> going to be, they're doing a traveling show together. Oh my God, unreal. So I think why they're doing all this is like they're stopping off Mullingar Town. They're doing like, they've been picked up to do a travel show. Oh. Like I've been told true people so there you go so i'm thinking like what's the travel show going to be about will it go against joanne and vogue because we know that they're doing a tra- they're doing a travel show as well i've seen them in a pizza doing i know why aren't we doing a fucking travel show like yeah we'll be on i can't speak a word of irish but i'll do it if if they give me a show i'll learn irish <laughs> we just go around the gale talks um no but I'm, I'm really excited to see this i think they'd be a really good pairing together don't you think 
Yeah, I know. I know that they're great crack. Like I think Lewis Capaldi is like so funny. He used to do loads of videos on Instagram and stuff. So so funny. And apparently, like he was Niall was one of the first people to ever reach out to him about his music before his music was actually doing well and gave him a spot in his on his tour. I feel like they're gonna do like um maybe like a trad music kind of tour or something. Yeah, maybe. I was wondering as well what Lewis Capaldi thought of Mullingar. Would he like what in God's name is this? Or would he love it? <laughs> I'd say he loves it. Like it looks. No, like- I love an old Irish pub and thing. But you know, people come here like, sorry, because like once you go outside of Dublin, you realize like it's very much like old school Ireland. Yeah, but Lewis Capaldi's Scottish, so it's not like a big. Oh, I suppose he's not like yeah. They're kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, they're my two chances of the week, and I can't wait to see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was t- taking a deep dive on the web and I couldn't really find something that was a happy with, with a chance of All right, I'm going to interrupt you there have you done your vaping or your vaping this week we haven't said oh yeah no well yeah <laughs> sorry just before you go on because I've been dying to ask you did you I, actually do it the thing is there's a fucking heat wave in uh, in Scotland right now so I don't even need to like actually properly vab I, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> there's moisture coming from everywhere and I am stinking so yeah it's definitely yeah it's and have men been coming up to you? Do you know what? They have. There was a... Yeah, they have. They've been coming okay. up. Okay. Okay. So so we have it here. Scientifically proven no. by Anna Clifford. People. You do. You, you <laughs> the right people for you. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, my, I'm going to put myself as a chancer of the week this week because okay. in true because we're of the topic of our week this week and i was saying i'm not very good at selling myself the last time i was up in edinburgh for the month i like you have to really try and get people into your show because there's 3500 shows on right so i put my poster as my profile pic on tinder and then i changed my preference to men and women and then I just kept trying to talk to people. And I You sneaky little so and so. And then I realized that like people like there was like lesbians and, and lesbians and straight men coming to my show and then like hovering around afterwards, like waiting to see me and I was like, Oh god. Oh my god, you're gay baiting. They call that gay baiting. That's yeah. what you're doing, Anna. You do what you need to do to get those people in the, on those seats. Yeah. Looking back, I was like, Oh god. I've made oh my god, Anna gay baits. I can see it now. Headline. I just thought it was a good marketing move. Like to me, Tinder <laughs> is a marketing platform. You're trying to sell yourself. So I was like, come to me. I'm screaming. <laughs> Dave will hate you now. Then all I talk about is straight relationships the whole way through. <laughs> it was like the time my straight friend went to the gay clinic and got an STI check. What, That's terrible. Like, was, yeah. went to the, oh, well, oh, the yeah. gay clinic is free. Oh. So my straight friend pretended to be gay. Wow. I'll be telling his name because he'll get trolled. But true luck. I I disapproved. That's all yeah. that matters. Okay, we're gonna. I'll put you. For, yeah, you deserve this one. You've oh, been busy. You. You've been working hard. You've been hustling, baby. Fucking <laughs> hustling, making that money, pretending to be bisexual. I mean, a lot. <laughs> Winner. Winner. Thanks for listening to us Absolute Chancers again this week. Be sure to follow us online, Paddy Y. Smith and herself at Anna Cliff Comedy for all the latest updates. Email chancerspodcast at goloudnow.com with any kind words or if you want to give us a laugh. Until next week, Chancers, stay stunning. Stay stunning.